Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Um, did I say everything? Yes, I think I did. Hi, my name is Vivian Aqua and I'm the host of Let's Humanize the Workplace, a show that started in December 2019 and I'm still going strong. We are going to have a conversation about DEI coaching, but before I start, I know that it has been a while since I've been up here and having this conversation and just want you to know as well that the last few months has been an epic ride, right? I've been collaborating with Anita, who is my partner in change about you know, amplifying empathy where people are allowed to wear VR glasses and literally walk in the other person's shoes. There is so much happening in the world right now. And I, at the time, made a decision to make a choice and to be present for the people, but also be present for myself. So I took some time to recharge. I am still active. So now and then, now and then on LinkedIn, but I just want you to know that there is this amazing library available on YouTube, but also on the Amplify DEI channel where you can tap in and learn more how you can amplify your DEI journey. So today I have two amazing guests and um, I'm going to introduce them as well, but just wanted you to know that I am here. I am still advocating for diversity, equity, and inclusion, but knowing that I cannot do the work alone, I always tend to bring a guest because together we can, together we can move the needle and together we can, we can change the injustice, the social injustice to social justice so that we can create more equity, more diversity and more inclusion in the workplace as well. So the first guest that I'm going to bring is Maria Line and then Rachel and give me a moment so that I can introduce them properly. Um, Marjolein Vlug is a coach who coaches people on creating a career that truly fits them and she brings her certified coaching skills to support DEI professionals and allies. And Rachel Carey, I'm hoping that I'm pronouncing your name right, and if not, please correct me, Rachel. Um, it's Carrier, Rachel Carrier. Yes. You see, Rachel Carrier. You see what I did there? So. For me, it's very important, and I hope that it's important for you as well. If you don't know the name, make sure that you pronounce it. If you don't know how to pronounce it, there are so many people that are not activating their LinkedIn name feature where you can help people to pronounce their name right. So Rachel Carrier <laughs> is the founder of Diversity Connects Us, and she helps teams with creating a more diverse, equitable workforce. Thank you both for being there. And Michael Grunewald, he is my day one, number day one fan. So thank you, Michael, for being here and for being uh, a supporter from day one as well. I really appreciate you. And what I wanted to uh, <laughs> pronounce the French way, yes. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> what I wanted to bring was... Marjolein, I know that I've asked this question a couple of times the last few years because you have been a frequent guest on the show, but still, why do we need to humanize the workplace? Mm, yeah, good question. And yeah. before I dive in, I'm so happy to see you again on this platform. Mm -hmm. uh, good, to, good to have you back. Mm. <laughs> um, why do we need to humanize the workplace? Well, 
there are so many things that people are saying, doing, shouting mm -hmm. um, around their workplace and their ability to actually do the work that organizations want them to do. We're all sort of getting stuck like a, a screw that's a nut that's in a bolt that's going the wrong way and you're just getting completely stuck. We need to humanize the workplace to be able to continue doing the work that we want done because everyone's completely getting stuck otherwise it's not working out and that is by humanizing by looking at who are these people what do people need to be able to function flourish um getting that information is humanizing the workplace yeah i want to i want to i want to um have a moment on the word flourish mm. because lately there is a lot of conversation about quiet quitting, right? Um, where people are not going the extra mile because they are not in an environment there that allows them to flourish, but also they are not being seen. And I was listening to, um, Janice, Janice, uh, Janice podcast. I'm forgetting so much, but she is an amazing DEI consultant, and make I'll make sure that I'll I'll share Janice uh, her her podcast as well. But she spoke up about not receiving the pay that she would normally get, right? So her counterparts were receiving thirty thousand uh, dollars more, and all this time she was doing the extra mile. She was going the extra mile when she addressed it. They were like, yeah, within two or three years, you can reach that point. To me, that is a way of losing people. To me, that is a way of disengaging with people. And to me, that is also a way of not showing transparency when it comes to valuing people, especially now that a lot of companies are talking about we are a high talent turnover, the great resignation, but what are we doing to prevent the great resignation from happening? When are we going to value the good work that people are doing? So flourish is definitely a thing that we need to think more about and also see for ways that we can create an environment where people can flourish. You know, I find that really interesting. I want to say thank you again for, mm -hmm. for having me on this, on this platform. And I'm so mm -hmm. happy to see you again. So I think also when we go back and we, he, we, go back to the question you asked on why mm -hmm. do we need to humanize the workplace you know something really stands out and it's between you know insane demands from corporate and steep bottom lines employers can quickly lose sight of what matters a positive healthy and psychologically safe workplace and it's marjoline correct Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So Marjolein, you said you mentioned, you know, a flourishing place. And I think we flourish when it's psychologically safe. And, you know, after all, workers who who feel, you know, they matter to the company ultimately work harder and smarter. They're more productive. They're more loyal. You know, when we humanize a company culture, it makes a huge difference. So, you know, I think I really believe to give your company culture the human touch, it, 
you know, it really requires those spaces to be more people friendly. You know, um, when, when people get personal, you know, let's say James in accounting has worked for a company for a long time, but you really don't know how long it's been. And you also don't know it's his son's third birthday, let's just say, right? And mm -hmm. then you focus solely on what your employees produce, but not who they are as humans. So, you know, by learning who your employers are beyond their work, you know, you might discover hidden and untapped talents that actually can be utilized, right, in their jobs. But more than that, your employees feel validated, which is what we were talking about earlier, yeah. validated. They feel heard. And, you know, sending them flowers for an anniversary, the birth of a child, or get wet, get well, you know, card would add a human touch or, or people you know, our people skills. I think we're losing our people skills and that's what's really imperative, um, you know, as we humanize the workplace. Yeah, definitely. Also, we, we thank you, Rachel, for, for sharing it and also realizing that without people, human, your business will not flourish. Your business will not be able to grow. I think that nowadays, a lot more managers and leaders are recognizing that the way they lead or the way they lead their organization, the way things are going within their organization is causing a talent turnover, whereas the talent turnover causes a way for them to not grow. And let's look at your competitor who is humanizing the workplace, who is doing their best and who is putting things in there for people to allow people flexibility, for people to be able to work from home when they can or work at the office when they want to or um, giving them space to mourn if they lost somebody, right? There are so many things that we are not doing in the workplace, whereas we have to realize that people spend at least 70% or maybe some who are working part-time 60% of their day, spend it for work. Why shouldn't you be humanizing the workplace? So that's, that's my, my two cents. Um, I notice as a consultant, I notice so many workplaces are missing this ingredient. And that is we need to amplify humanization in the workplace sooner than later, or else your business, your team, your department will not grow. Whatever plan you have put in place, whatever strategy you think you have put in place, every time that you hire somebody when they leave within six months, how will you be able to grow? We need to think beyond that as well. And that's exactly why I'm happy to have you back on this platform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, sh sharing more inspiration towards that mm -hmm. and more ideas, more insights. Yeah. Definitely. But today's topic is about why is DEI coaching critical for leaders to be able to amplify DEI? And let's start with Rachel. Sure. You know, when we think about why DEI coaching is critical for leaders to be able to amplify DEI, we mm -hmm. need to think of the way it benefits leaders. Mm. So, right. So how does it, what are the benefits of coaching with leaders? So it establishes and there's, establishes and acts towards achieving goals. 
it helps engage in courageous conversations or amplifying those conversations. You know, it, it fosters an intentional allyship. I believe also it works, it builds a sense of workplace culture belonging. You know, I think you bring more of your authentic self when, you know, the, the above mentioned happens in the workplace. It promotes equity, evidently. It supports an actionable DEI plan. You know, you also can become more self-reliant. You gain more job and life satisfaction. You're able to contribute more effectively to the team and the organization. And I think there's greater accountability for actions and commitments. Yeah. I love what you shared. And also, Marjolein, what, what do you have to add on, on your perspective why DEI coaching is critical? Yeah, I, and I really love what Rachel just said. What the distinction that I'd love to add is that there is DEI training, there's DEI workshops, there's knowledge that's being shared, there are consultants that can advise you and strategize. The specific add-on that coaching brings mm. is that it helps you as a leader to connect DEI work and the importance of DEI and the investment that you choose to amplify DEI in your organization, to connect that to your organization's values, to your own values, to what you care about in your professional life, in your, in your whole life. It helps you connect that to make sure that your, your actions actually come from, this is what I really want, this is what I really choose, stepping into that and connecting it to you. Um, and it also helps you with what, Rachel also said with that accountability. So um, you said you were going to do that. How did that go? Mm -hmm. Tell me. That's something that can can show up in a in a coaching session that really helps forward your actions. That really helps you with that accountability, and that really helps you focus. And focus is so valuable in this work yeah. because there are so many things as a leader that take up your focus and that distract you and that think oh, this is also important so let's you know we did that dei workshop check that now i need to focus on something else again coaching helps you focus on how this fits into the total picture of what you want to make a reality in your organization in your position and your identity as a leader and anchoring that, really anchoring that, that is what coaching does. It's not about sharing the knowledge per se. You can get a trainer for that. You can get a consultant for that. But a coach is the one who can help you anchor that and keep it anchored. Yeah. And what I, um, both you ladies have valuable add. What I want to add on is um, the reason why I became a DEI coach has to do with, I want to be able to understand where you're coming from. I want to be able to tap into your intrinsic motivation and be able to connect it, right? You're doing the work. I'm just, I'm asking questions and I'm, I'm your mirror for um, the questions that you might have, but also the mirror for the answers that you might have. And I want to be able to support you in your DEI journey, right? A lot of the leaders who are active today and who really want to become inclusive leaders, they don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it feels challenging to address these matters and these topics. So what if you have a trusted person that you can ask, but also the trusted person can ask you questions 
ask you questions for you to be able to train your DEI muscle, because that's a muscle that is inactive for a lot of people, but it's also a muscle that needs to be challenged from time to time so that when you're doing good, you're doing good. But when you're doing something that is not perceived as good, but you're doing it with the right intention, this person or the DEI coach or the person, the confidant that you trust can also guide you. How can you rise from a fall? Just like Aaliyah said, at first you don't succeed, dust yourself off and try it again. And sometimes people feel challenged, leaders feel challenged when they are being confronted with maybe a canceling in or maybe a canceling out or the quiet quitting or the great resignation. They don't know how to answer that. And it's very easy to fall back on the behavior that we have seen elsewhere, but that's not the behavior that is helping your organization. Nowadays, a lot of organizations need inclusive leaders. And I'm not only talking about the leaders, you know, with the title leaders, I'm also talking to addressing to those who are activating self-leadership. We can activate, we all can activate self-leadership. But if nobody tells you, if nobody shows you, if nobody says something or raises awareness about that, we are all going to think that DEI has to start from the manager. It can go both ways. It can start from the bottom, but it can it also needs to start from the top as well. And that's what I what that's what I am trying to do or not trying. I'm doing my best when I'm supporting the uh, when I'm supporting leaders when it comes to them amplifying their DEI journey as well. Yeah, that's what you do as a coach. And what I really appreciate about what you're saying, what you were saying just now is is that you mirror um, what you see mm -hmm. in the leader to, to highlight what they already know, yeah. to help them rediscover what they already know, and also to really reconfirm their confidence and their steadiness and authenticity yeah okay so i messed up the organization messed up something happened something failed I'm say sorry enough and authentic, <laughs> authentic enough to yeah. deal with that yeah. to dance yeah. with it um yeah. and to still be okay to have yeah. that growth mindset about it too yeah that i agree with with both of what you're saying. I love that because when you mentioned growth mindset, mm. I go back and I think of emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I think what's really crucial when we having these conversations and also as DEI coaches is to know where we are at mm -hmm. in order to meet others where they are at. And then if, right, so when we're working with regulating our own emotions and we're aware where where we are then we could better help the other person who's going through that emotion to be able to not react but to be proactive in creating a bridge between that relationship because i think what happens also or it's 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 evident you know when we're in the workplace we are we do bring sometimes part of ourselves only because there's certain things that happen at home or, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's something that happened with the child or the school called or the principal called, and then you rush to go to work and you're bringing all that stress into work. And if you're not aware as a leader that you've had that challenging, let's say morning, 
then it's going to be very difficult to be able to address, you know, any of the coworkers or colleagues or peers around you because you're in that state. Mm-hmm. So, and I love st- storytelling. And I think, and I have a story with this because I'm Haitian. So of Caribbean background and we were taught to not say anything that happens inside the household. Right? So when you come to the workplace and some are sharing and some are not, you have a tendency to feel that if if you're going to share, you might be seen as weak or vulnerable or not be be able to be productive in your work. And it's actually quite the opposite. If I'm coming here and I'm sharing to you that, you know, I suffered a burnout or, you know, the the murder of George Floyd absolutely devastated me, Mm -hmm. then at least the other person knows that, okay, I'm going to give Rochelle a little bit of space, maybe 10, 15 minutes to gather her thoughts or uh, an ERG, you know, a space where you can go and communicate whatever happened right in in all these challenging times that we're facing to make it more human and it goes back to our initial question that's what humanizing the workplace is addressing what's going on asking about a daughter or a sister or adoptive adoptive son or a pregnancy or a miscarriage these are normal things these are regular things that happen in people's lives I agree, and also what what you share right now, Rochelle, is um, is having a way to bring in your 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 true self. But also, you mentioned the word ERG, and for those who are watching this, ERGs are employee resource groups. They may be referred to as an, uh, network groups within your organization. And I've come to the realization that a lot, a lot, a lot of organizations, main, also predominantly in, in Europe, but also here, uh, also in the U.S., um, so many companies don't have these safety networks where people can be able to decompress, can be able to de- uh, debrief, and also bringing your whole self and sharing what happened at home we need to have psychological safety active mm-hmm. because sometimes when you share, it may be used against you. It may be, be used against you when you're doing your performance review. It may be used against you when you're going through a nasty process of walking away from an organization. And I can understand, and also from my personal experience, I can understand that when you share, some people are working on eggshells because they don't know if they can trust the person, if they can trust the team, if they can trust the leaders. And that's why I do believe that leaders, when you break the ice, when it comes to trust, when it comes to authenticity, but also when it comes to providing that psychological safety that is missing in so many workplaces, that's when people are be able to open up. That's when you are able to connect. And this is something that you can practice. You can be challenged by your coach in a, in a human, awesome way, but also be challenged in a way that your coach is asking for accountability. And we don't use the finger as, what have you done today? No, we come with a lovingly approach, but also ask you to reflect. What have you learned? 
what's yes. going well, what's not going well, what can you learn from that? So each time we are challenging you to grow your muscle, but also to look back like the, um, I have an Adinkra symbol here. Uh -huh. I don't know if you see it, but it's a Ghanaian symbol and it stands for Sankofa, which literally means in, in, in Ghanaian, it literally means go back and fetch. And the way that I use it is go back, look back, reflect uh -huh. and see what elements that you can use that are helpful for the present, but also for your future. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm, I'm hearing you sort of color in. Yeah. The, the picture, the image of, of what coaching brings. And it's remarkable to see that, that the, the self-development that is in, um, uh, in good coaching, if you get a good coach, that's the self-development that, that results from that. Um, and that really creates the space to be more fully yourself, more authentically, but also to be more effective and to be more aligned with what you find important and that creates so much more space to connect with those humans in your workplace to to not even think oh do i need to have these conversations again no you just you just do because you have the brain space you have the capacity you have the self-development as a, a a very well-developed person full person to to deal with these things, to interact with these real humans in the workplace and to connect with them, to make it safe, not only for yourself and to have that psychological development for yourself, but also to enable that for the workplace culture and the individuals in your uh, environment, in your work environment. It makes a huge difference. Vivian, I have a card that says you're on mute, but... <laughs> Yeah, there she is again. I was about to say, I haven't mm. done this live stream in a while, and mm. apparently I've been ignoring some comments. So my my sincere apologies, my sincere oh, apologies. So I definitely want to, uh, yes, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Yes. Dr. Janice Kazam Asar. She is one of the people that I look at, go out for. She has an amazing podcast. I call her Janice, so that's how she calls herself. Yes. She has a great uh, newsletter as well. Yeah. I have her LinkedIn newsletter. Highly recommend it. Amazing. Amazing. And we 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 matched on Jalof. So Janice, if you're watching or somebody can tag her, Jalof, Ghanaian Jalof is the best. But that's another <laughs> debate that we can have a conversation about. Don't get sidetracked. Uh, <laughs> you never do that. <laughs> so Michael is sharing, no, if it ain't psychologically safe, get out. That's an interesting perspective. And thank you, Michael. And also Matthew is bringing, how do you link to get a DEI that is coming from a social justice lens mm -hmm. and DEI that is coming from a business lens? I believe that there is a difference. And I've heard DEI practice, practitioners speaking from these different perspectives. Humanizing to me is coming from a social justice, uh, justice lens. This is a very interesting point that um, that Matthew is bringing on. And also, I, I love to share it from the, our, my perspective. And I love to, you know, share share the mic for, for everybody. The way that I approach is, since DEI is a change, a change you're asking from a person, personal level, I walk this journey with you, coach you, 
from the inside out. Because you are the person that is working at a company or working in an organization you're leading from the personal perspective. However, I know that the organization also has to earn money, also have to amplify their revenue. And I try to find stealth ways to connect the personal matter, so the social justice matter, and into a matter of them gaining more revenue or keeping their talent or a way to, um, to attract more talent. So what I'm trying to say is there are stealth ways that you can approach, that you can use that to connect the heart and the mind. I see the heart as the human part and the mind as the business part where you're connecting both together. Yeah, and I'm hearing that's what you do in coaching sessions. I so Vivian has an awesome card. I don't. This is my awesome <laughs> card. I lost my awesome card somewhere. <laughs> so I brought mine. Awesome because uh, uh, it's actually a, a thank you card that I got from a client. <laughs> um, yeah, connecting that heart and bringing that back in, um, and and letting that really catalyze what needs to happen because I think it's a big, it's, it's a very common misconception that this needs to be all business or all social justice. Um, and I, I interestingly, I had a conversation recently with someone who said, I know that business owners really want to do the right thing and leaders want to do the right thing. Um, and then they also kind of want to support the business when leaders talk about this they talk about business all the time because they think everyone needs to hear that i'm all business mm -hmm. and what you do in a coaching session is say hey well i see you as a whole person yeah what's important to you and what's in your heart and what's the thing that connects that because it's you leading this team this organization it's not some sort of leadership robot that we can program to do all business that's not how it works and, uh, and that does not connect to human, you, you know, you're not humanizing your work for yourself and you're not humanizing it for other people. We have to stop thinking about we can separate ourselves as in we leave our personal matter at the door the moment that we walk into the workplace. You get 100% of me and 100% of me, that means that whatever emotion whatever mood that I'm in, whatever happy feeling that I'm in, you're getting that. While being clown. fully professional. I, I really want to add that while being yeah. fully yeah. professional. Yeah. I'm not a clown. However, I do can, I can clown around, but I'm not a clown. <laughs> <laughs> so Matthew, I hope that we answered your, your question and thank you for, for adding that as well. Yeah. Um, we are trying to figure out what with Rachel and otherwise we will bring Rachel back. Yes, Rachel, Rochelle, Rochelle, sorry, Rochelle. Uh, I, it, she, she sent us a message, message that weather is awful where she is. So it's um, interfering with our connection at the moment. It's not that we don't want to hear from her because we really do. <laughs> I'm here. Can you yes. hear me? Yeah. I can hear you. Bring in the heat. Oh. <laughs> 
I do apologize. I missed the entire conversation. There was absolutely no connection here. So where did we leave, where did we leave off? I'd love to chime in. I would love to, Matt, so Matthew Reynolds, he shared uh, a question about how to link DEI with social injustice, but also how to link DEI together with from the business lens. And we both shared our insights about it, and we would love to also hear your insights about this. In the meantime, um, Matthew, you just saw his question, and he's mm -hmm. also the author of this book that I very much recommend. No, you, <laughs> Matthew, we have a bone to pick. You, you have the book first. <laughs> I pre-ordered this um, because Matthew is a an amazing, soul. wise, intensely an amazing human, soul. intensely generous yeah. person. Uh, and I was just so curious and so excited about this book. So he, it's out now, um, and highly recommend it. It's a, uh, it's, it's really great. And it's, it's, it's a book that is, that is really a workbook. So, uh, this is not something that you read and think, oh yeah, interesting. Let's move on with my day. This is something that actually leaves you a changed person. Uh, highly recommended. And there is. Orlando going to bed. I just spotted him. I think. Yeah, he he has come to a point that he's shy, but he wanted to come to come yeah. and say something. So I don't know what he's doing, but that's because to... life is human. <laughs> life is solely human. Like so, I just Matthew, said, that's what shows up in life. Definitely, Matthew. I'm definitely going to order your book because I am eager to learn more, but also to hear your insight as well. And Rachel? Hi, can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear you. Okay, I didn't hear the, the question. You, mm -hmm. Michael, what did he mention about the DEI? No, so Ma Matthew mentioned about, Matthew. was talking about DEI from a social lens and DEI from a business lens. How do you combine both? Or do you? Because yeah. you know, his question was also about... Um, uh, humanizing the workplace is that more related to the social social justice lens of DEI, or is that related to the business lens of DEI? And and how does that fit in your perception, Rachel? You know, I I honestly think it just it fits on a human level. We can't really box in being human, and you know having a business lens and a DEI lens, I think it really comes down to the basics of being human centric and heart centric with other people. So I wouldn't agree with it being in a box and to see it in two different lens. I think as we show up as leaders or DEI coaches or consultants, when we show up in the workplace, we need ourselves to model what we want others to follow. And if mm -hmm. we are coming in and sharing a story of, you know, a personal story that occurred or, you know, or maybe it could be a project, they might not be feeling that they could, that, you know, that they can have, it, they can, they cannot meet the deadline. Then I think it's, it's uh, those little things that we don't say amount to very big things in how our relationships will will cement 
Mm -hmm. I think if we as leaders come in and bring our authentic selves to the workplace by sharing our personal stories or asking a personal question, which is beneath the workplace, like when I say beneath the workplace, when I say it's, it's something that should come first and then the workplace, because when you're dealing with people on a day-to-day basis, you're dealing with their emotions, their feelings, and what it is that they're going through. So I don't believe it's an, you know it's a business sense or a DEI sense. It's really coming from a human-centric, human-centric space. Yeah. Humanized workplace. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what happens with Vivian and what, I don't. I don't know either. Apparently, there is a ghost here, but <laughs> I can definitely, I can definitely feel ghost. that we need to connect f- with our human self. Then, you know, then we can do our businesses, or then we can interact. So I totally agree with with what you share, but also I wanted to share something that Valerie is sharing, and that is we always bring ourselves to work, and it's whether we can express it in a workplace or not, we always do that. So if you want to prevent the great resignation from happening, if you want to prevent um, the quiet quitting and other employee disengagement from happening, have a conversation with one of us or have a conversation with a DEI coach. Know that you are not alone in this journey. And immediately I had to think about Michael Jackson's song. I'm, I'm not referring to that, but definitely this work, um, activating your DEI journey. I can understand for some people it is challenging, but what if you have a ambassador? What if you have a cheerleader? What if you have somebody you can see as your Yoda who will coach you who will be there for you and ask, you know, the Yoda-like questions to guide you through so that you don't feel like you are alone. For some people, DEI can feel daunting. It can feel painful, especially when you have been confronted in a not-so-human way. And I can also have compassion fatigue. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely, yeah. And the answer that I have is sometimes you need to step, take a step back and recharge when you have that. Yeah. I do also, I see so many comments here. So uh, Matthew is saying soft skills are empowerment skills. Yes. I think soft skills should not be called soft skills anymore. They are so valuable for the workplace that we need it. And there's so much there that we need these skills, these empowerment skills, I'll use that from now on, empowerment skills to connect with people, but also create a way to engage. Michael is sharing, break the ice, but you won't break my soul. Uh Yes, listen to Queen B, Queen Beyonce, (laughs) and DEI and Justice, and also uh, Matthew sharing, (laughs) ah. Hi, Marissa. Valerie is sharing, agreed, DEI should not be different in different environments as well. I don't know who you are, but thank you for uh, sharing this. Yeah, apparently LinkedIn is blocking you, blocking you from blessing you, from sharing your name. But I'll make sure to thank you later on. And uh, everybody needs a, definitely, everybody, where's my Yoda? (laughs) DM Yoda. Uh, Everybody needs a Yoda. Everybody needs a Yoda. Yes, created by even those those eyes. Just looking at those eyes makes me smile. That's adorable. Mm -hmm. 
So ladies, we have almost come to the end, but I'll start with you, Rachelle. Um, what, what, what do you want to walk away with from this conversation? Hello? Did I freeze? No. Okay. Then Marilyn, <laughs> what do you want to walk away with? Um, I'm I'm walking away with the the joy of having a great conversation with mm -hmm. two people, and also uh, the reminder, um, hearing your perspectives on on what coaching brings to the DEI field, that we all three of us we have those skills to coach, yeah. and sometimes be your Yoda, be your cheerleader, be flavors <laughs> of coaches, and we have our own different styles and approaches um yeah. our own different zones of genius as a coach within that coaching uh, uh work and it's really great to be able to offer that to different kinds of leaders so that people can have a, a, a trial session for example with a few coaches to see which one is the best fit because there's always personality and approach and style that are different and the coach that is the best fit for you will bring you that that collaboration, that coaching relationship will bring you the furthest. Yeah. So seeing these differences between us is a great reminder of, wow, there's a palette of options available. And there's there's a coach for you out there that you really connect with, whether it's Vivian or me or Rachel or, uh, or other DEI coaches. Um, uh, Valerie is one of the, the commenters just now. She's a, she's a really good um allyship coach as well there's other people out there uh choose the one that brings you forward um, love that um, yeah it's it's really really helpful to have a coach in this journey what do you have anything to add on Rachelle? Uh, Rachelle? i'm not hearing her what i, I do want oh sorry yes you yeah she, we you definitely want to have her on for another episode when the, yeah when I'll, the I'll definitely bring her on because she needs to be honored her. as well so what i wanted to share was matthew is walking away feeling more connected to those who are truly leading from a place of humanity and grateful to each uh, each of you for all you do and thank you matthew for everything that you do I am walking away with a conversation that definitely fueled my cup. So last week I was in London um, at a congress for three days. What a time to be in London. <laughs> I was there. I witnessed the whole, unfortunately, I wasn't there next to the Queen, but I was there witnessing the tragedy when it happened in London. And it was a lot. But also what I wanted to say was... Um, Pre-pandemic, I could easily do a Congress three days a whole week. Post-pandemic, I need to be more mindful of myself. And having this conversation definitely fueled my cup, but also fueled my, yeah, I mean, I love to have this conversation. I don't see us as competitors. I see us as sisters and I see us adding value from a different angle. Every person, every coach, every coach that has DEI in their toolkit can do that for you. 
I do, however, want to say that sometimes you need to be challenged by a coach that has a different perspective than what you are connected to or what you are accustomed to, accustomed to so that you can understand the voice of the underrepresented, can understand the other, can better understand how it is to be the other and how it is to be uttered. That's what I want to share from this conversation. So and thank you honestly, all. We need more coaches from underrepresented groups, coaches Definitely. of color, coaches. Yeah. Uh, um, and there's a, a, a group called Coaching for Everyone mm -hmm. that subsidizes coach yeah. training yeah. for people who um, have a more difficult access to that coach training to be that coach, to bring that to the field, to actually get that great training yeah. to be a solid, proper, really yeah. good so uh, anyone out there who is interested in, in, in supporting that organization, Coaching for Everyone is... is you uh, took away my line. I wasn't I'm sorry. To say that. <laughs> You're so in sync tonight. <laughs> no, she didn't, she didn't oh, do no. anything. But Coaching for Everyone is the institution that allowed me to become a coach. And I'm still, you know, I'm still learning more and more about this journey. But also for me, when I started this journey, it was about creating that understanding it was about setting myself up for success but also the person that i'm coaching setting themselves up for their own definition of success what do they want out of it what is it that they want to amplify and how do they want to be perceived so that people can learn to understand where they are coming from i do believe that everybody has their own anchor their own intrinsic motivation and we as coaches we need to support our clients and be able to find that so that they can anchor it and they can can share things from a authentic perspective yeah well said i am definitely going to make sure that um that our guest is going to come back because i do feel like she did not get the stage that uh, she deserved. Uh, unfortunately, the weather circumstances in uh, where she's living is not ideal. That isn't allowing her internet access, but I that will bring her back. you're going to make a sequel happen. <laughs> I'll bring her back. I'll bring her back. So thank you again for everybody who showed up, who's listening to this episode. And no, yes, Michael, we know, we know. It's... <laughs> Michael is always dropping a beat. Thank you, Michael, for bringing that because I, I truly feel loved and feel blessed and it has been an amazing ride. So thank you all for joining and until next time, let's humanize the workplace, everybody. Bye.